Good afternoon and welcome to another VSA Capital Tech and Transitional Energy podcast with myself, Phil Smith, uh, analyst, and I'd like to welcome this afternoon David Scriven, who's our head of institutional sales, as uh, as our CEO Andrew Monk is on holiday. So good afternoon to you, David, and how are you? Good afternoon. I'm very well, thanks, and I hope the likewise for your good self. Very good, thank you, David. And the sun is shining today, which is a good thing. That is true. So on a positive note, uh, Moody's raised their estimates just uh, literally today. I think it came out for the Chinese real GDP to be 5% versus 4% this year as a consequence of abandoning zero COVID policy. Now, we also saw that PMIs were strong at 52.6, which is a 10-year high, versus 50.1 in January. Now, that positive picture contrasts somewhat with the economies that have already opened up. Germany's economy has already slipped back to pre-pandemic levels. And if Q1 is a repeat of Q4 of last year, I guess we're technically in recession territory. Now, Germany, of course, if you look, does no longer have that potential of the cheap Russian gas. And its powerhouse position in the internal combustion engine is drawing to a close. I think it's right to say that EVs need less higher value added parts than existing automotive technology, which has been a backbone to the German economy. Germany does not enjoy, unlike the ICE, a particular advantage in EV. And I was just wondering, Phil, what your thoughts were, because um, it, it, it's an interesting situation that's evolving in this regard. Yeah, it is, David. And uh, the tra- obviously the transport sector is, is going through a a transition as part of the overall energy transition and in, in going moving from uh ice industrial uh, not industrial internal combustion engines i'll get that right uh onto onto ev platforms germany is a, a huge maker of uh of car you know big international maker of cars um but particularly uh, ones that are internal you know internal combustion engine Driven and is having to make that conversion over to uh, to EVs. But as you'll see that uh, VW have launching EVs, uh, German manufacturer BMW and Mercedes, they're all launching new electric models. But it's, you know, it's a big transition. It's taking time. And in Germany, there are a huge amount of people employed in the automotive industry uh, and particularly on the more, you know, the traditional kind of powertrains that go around a petrol and a diesel engine in terms of the pop shaft gearboxes and all the rest of it. You know, it's different types of systems for, for EVs. So yes, it uh, could be quite a quite a challenge as they as they transition and as 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 jobs move around for them. Yeah. Indeed. Now I guess one reflects also on those stats for the economy that um in fact we're not so so much the sixth man of Europe because our economy stagnated. So it's perhaps not quite as bad as has been made out. But uh, perhaps now moving on to the U.S., uh, I thought it was quite interesting because in the U.S., the reversal in the downward movement in the employment cost index and the move up in the prices paid in the ISM has potentially put the Fed in a bit of a bind with these um, inflation stats that perhaps are a little bit hotter than expected. So their credibility could be on the line if they want to revert to an increase of 50 bips. Um, so maybe, in fact, the reality will be 25 bips for longer. So we'll see how that pans out in, in markets. And it is 
becoming you know center stage in that regard but uh, thinking more along the lines of companies and i'm not going to touch on the etfs which i tended to do in the last time we chatted together and just focus on some company news and wanted to share it with you and your thoughts but my daughter has been encouraging me to watch the last of us um uh, what was a Sony 2013 PlayStation game and a TV show currently being streamed by HBO in the US about zombies. Analysts describe it as possibly the best ever video game adaptation for TV or cinema. Other games titles with TV outings include Zero Dawn and God of War. Now, fascinatingly, Sony has been going through a transformation from consumer electronics to specialist hardware maker and international media giant. Games and music represent almost 50% of operating income. Their anime, which is Japanese film and TV streaming service, has 10 million paid subscribers and they have the world's largest portfolio of anime. The global anime market is expected to grow 10% per annum and is valued at 47 billion by 2028. Now Sony's share price is way off the end of its 20 the end of its 2021 five-year high due to concerns now going forward on consumer spending post-pandemic and chip shortages which might delay the rollout of PlayStation 5. I think Sony is one to have on your radar as the shares are showing signs of recovery of the 2022 low. Um, furthermore, on the subject of cloud applications, Salesforce um, was up 14% after hours as the company has strong results and delivered an upbeat forecast. The company appears to be in tune with its activist investors, for example, Elliott, and their suggestions as they emphasize profitable growth. Operating margins are projected to be 27% in 2024 versus the street of 22.4%, and they're going to step up buybacks. Now, in the background, market concerns have centered on a cautious outlook for cloud infrastructure spending and applications, and the company is experiencing longer sales cycles and has removed its 50 billion revenue goal for 2026. The street thinks more job cuts and spin-offs might be needed to improve profitability. Um, and then moving on, and I perhaps should have mentioned it when I was on the EV theme um, with uh, Germany and my colleague Phil, I should have perhaps mentioned, of course, Tesla's master plan fell flat last night after the firm failed to offer any firm detail on the company's long-awaited next generation of electric cars. No timing was given on the new Mexican plant, for example, and the stock was off 5% after hours. In the cybersecurity world, CrowdStrike Cybersecurity reported cloud exploitation rose 95% last year, yet cloud computing is held as a secured method of storage. Precedence Research predicts AI cybersecurity will rise from 25 billion next year to 100 billion in 2032. Keep an eye on CrowdStrike. While not profitable, sales are growing and losses are narrowing. The company is FCF positive and has 2.5 billion of cash. The stock is on the cusp of driving through its 100-day moving average. And perhaps finally on my side, and then uh, I'd like your help here, Phil, I'm going to revisit that discussion we've had and 
we've talked about AI and it's really has been center stage since we discussed it and Microsoft's initiatives, etc. Anyway, in the earnings season, references to AI are up 77% from a year earlier and a number of AI names have rocketed like Big Bear up 336%. It's staggering. Anyways, NVIDIA has also had a good run and it's moved to a new business model, selling AI services to large customers and governments, which may put them on a collision course with big tech companies that are that are its clients. Now, reported Q4 was above consensus and the street is looking at growth acceleration in gaming held back by inventory correction from demand from RTX 40 and data centers impacted by CapEx spend by US cloud hyperscalers and lower networking demand with the ramp of H100 driven by adoption of AI. AI sorry. The stock was off yesterday, but perhaps linked to M&A buzz as the company has announced a 10 billion mixed shelf offering. But AI is absolutely front and center. And I'd love to share your thoughts on that. And then it maybe segues to SuperC. Okay, um, well, some interesting ideas to look at there. And I'm, but, uh, you, you know, in terms of um, Salesforce, Sony, CrowdStrike, but uh, on to NVIDIA, I mean, in, NVIDIA, uh, now is the, or certainly in the top three semiconductor manufacturers in the world. I mean, actually, chips are made by TSMC, I think, but uh, but it designs them. Um, and NVIDIA has always been, you know, around sort of games, architecture and graphics processors was where its sort of, you know, its foundation was, David. And, and it's that's graphics processors and the way that the processors work that enables massive processing of data and, and you know, for games, that's what's required. But actually, that ability to process um, data in a way that the NVIDIA processors does lends itself to artificial intelligence, where a, a huge amount of data needs to be crunched. But um, NVIDIA's processors, you know, as you point out, um, are very widely used as well uh, in data centers. Uh, they were used quite heavily for, um, I'm just trying to think now, sort of coin number processing. Uh, they, they, you know, they, they work for that, but now increasingly for AI. So, so on one hand, you know, cloud hardware spend has been weakening uh, more recently, but on the other hand, they've got this fantastic opportunity in in AI. So, you know, Nvidia for sure, absolutely, you know, is is one to to keep an, an eye on and to, and to watch. Um, the artificial intelligence, <laughs> you are right, Dave. There's been a terrific amount now of talk and activity. And I think that's because it's becoming more real, is that, you know, with ChatGBT and everyone giving it a try, people are starting to see exactly, you know, what what could be done from a practical perspective in deploying um, AI and hence, hence uh, you know, a lot of activity in the space and growing interest in the space. Um, and yeah, and just quickly on that, you know, a client of ours, Superseed Capital, they're listed on Aquis, uh, Tickers ASE, um, but Superseed is a, you know, Superseed is a, it's a, it's a feeder funded to Superseed Ventures, um, and they do seed invest, investments, and, and they they uh, focus on um, SaaS companies, B2B software, um, and AI companies, um, and they just reported fourth quarter, uh, and they had seen, uh, they got eight, eight SaaS investments, and, and continuing high um, ARR growth from them, so the revenue growth from their portfolio holdings, which is very, you know, very good to see. 
Um, and they were saying that, uh, you know, they've got a holding their AI build, their software is used for um, 3D printing and for larger kind of engineering structures, that's in aerospace. Um, but in the fourth quarter, yeah, they, they saw that they're just trying to get to the actual ARR growth. I think they had uh, double digit ARR growth from their portfolio companies. So um, in fact, it's 21% increase in fourth quarter. So there we are. So that, that's a that's Which, a corporate client of ours. Yeah. Yeah. We're sorry, I was also going to add, I noticed a couple of other their investments like Jewel, I think, and uh, ThinkTracks, they had even um, stronger ARR to the, the stat that you, you just mentioned. In other words, it's sort of more like 50% or so for Jewel. So very encouraging. Yes, it is. Is it? Look, it, it's, a, it's a good way of playing very early stage um, technology investment. That's Supersede Capital. So do, do have a look at that one. And I think just moving on, David, to the um, couple for me on the renewable, you know, transitional energy, renewable energy space. Um, I saw I've just seen an announcement apparently that um, that Mazda, who are UAE based, uh, big investment funds, they're pledging to invest a billion pounds in battery storage projects in the UK. Uh, and our regular listeners will know that we follow uh, activity in the battery storage space very, very closely. So that's encouraging to see that. Um, and on the need for battery storage and the ability to run your grid uh, completely on renewable energy, uh, there was a report from Imperial College, which has said that uh, the UK grid ran 100% clean electricity for 25 hours in December. Uh, for the first ever time, you know, and included in that is biomass, hydro, wind, solar, and nuclear. Um, so, you know, you can <laughs> you can see now how the sort of density of renewables in the in the UK grid is increasing. So that was that was quite good to see actually. Um, moving on onto the tech sector, uh, it is yeah, David, it, it, it's pretty slow in terms of results reporting at the moment, but I think we will see as we go through March, uh, a lot more companies are going to be reporting, and that's starting next week, so we'll have a lot more to discuss. Uh, but here's one that we, uh, this is our, you know, one that I've been looking at for the year ahead. Um, we discussed in December. I think this is a this is a good company, but investors need to do their their own research on things. It's not what I cover, and that's Centralnic. The ticker is Scenic. Uh, CNIC, um, and they reported their full year results. Uh, now, this company is all about the um, about online marketing. Um, they are a huge distributor of of domain names. So, you know, if you want to get um, set up with a website, you know, this is the company to kind of go to. If you want to develop e-commerce, this is a this is a go-to company. Um, for that, and they have all the marketing tools for e-commerce, and they just reported that they'd seen their uh, revenue up by uh, 77 percent in 21 to 22 period ending uh, to 728 million dollars. The operating profit was uh, up from 12 million to 33 and a half million dollars, so increasing a lot more than the sales growth, which is good. Uh, profit before tax from more or less what was 1.5 million dollars last year to 15 million dollars now. Um, so an encouraging move into to PBT pro profit. Um, I think it's just basically there was a small loss due to the due to a higher tax charge. Um, but I, you know, it's the growth in this company that is very very encouraging. And at a time where, you know, we've seen overall perhaps sort of e-commerce activity 
slowing after the complete boom during the COVID period. And but these guys who are serving um, serving the web in- industry, as it were, are are continuing to grow. So that is centralnic. Um, so well worth. We think that's worth having a look at. Um, moving on to a, a very different uh, sectors, uh, Melrose. David, I'm sure you've come across Melrose in the past. The ticker's MRO. Uh, market cap is 6.3 billion. Uh, they had their full year to December. Melrose, very, very much engineering orientated, uh, and they are in sort of aerospace, automotive, powder, metal, can't say it, metallurgy, and, and other industrial applications. Uh, and the aerospace involved in civil and defense airframes and engine structures, automotive. They have complete um, they have complete driveline technologies. And this was going back to what we said about the German automotive industry. You look at Melrose um, and it acquired GKN and, uh, and GKN have their own electric motors, electric transmission platforms, so whole EV um, platforms there. And they, in reporting their results, have said that the aerospace business is going very well. Um, and they saw uh, revenue up from 2.5 billion to just under three, profits up from 112 million to 186 million, and operating profit margin, something we'll look at very closely, uh, up from 4.4% to 6.3%, a very positive outlook. Um, and the automotive business, which has been renamed uh, Dowlais, D O W L A I S, um, and they uh, saw the revenue grow from 4.7 million to 5.2. Uh, op margins up from 5.4% to 6.3% uh, on an operating profit of uh, 200, just under 260 million to 330 million. Um, and it's said that new business wins in automotive uh, were over 5 billion for the year. So a strong book to build. They've seen a strong book to build ratio. Um, and they've, you know, Melrose already announced that they're going to spin off um under the Dowlays uh, name GKM Automotive and GKM Powder Metallurgy uh, and they've noted the terms to um sh- they're doing a one to three uh, share consolidation before completion of the demerger the shareholders so that was Melrose um so that's automotive and aerospace very encouraging news there uh moving on to Rotorp which ticker is ROR uh 2.8 billion market cap um, and they are, you know, for, again, it's engineering and technology. And Roadtalk uh, provides um, control solutions. So things like electric actuate, uh, actuators, uh, process control actuators, gearboxes, et cetera, pneumatic valves. But they, they, their, their equipment and their, their engineering goes into the oil and gas industry, water, wastewater, chemicals and processing. Um, and they had seen their order intake up by 11% uh, year on year. Um, and they saw all three of their key divisions booking higher orders. So that's chemical, process and industrial and oil and gas were all strongly ahead. Um, and this, you know, in terms of the annual results, this translates into sales up by 11% to 680 million, op profits up by 11.8% to 143 million uh, and margins down a tiny bit from 22 to 2.5%, very strong operating margins by the way, to 22.3%. Um, and they commented here, they're managing cost inflation. Um, you know, obviously they're buying in a lot of, a lot of parts uh, that they're putting together and that they're being able to raise prices twice during 2022. 
So I thought that was that was quite interesting from Rotor. Indeed. And then a little bit more uh, technology, uh, smaller one now. And this is uh, Quartix, David. I've come across them before, but Quartix. They this this is a uh, vehicles tracking systems. So they are sort of software and the systems, uh, and they're big supplier into commercial vehicles. And this is where commercial vehicle you know transport companies want to manage their fleets, um, want to know how the vehicles are being driven, where they're being driven to, and to, and to tracking them. Um, and they've got installed units now, um, two hundred thirty-five thousand installed units. Uh, they get they, they get subscription revenues from transport companies for these. Uh, they've reported uh, their results and they had said that uh, during a four year period, uh, revenue was up by 7.9%, 27.5 million. And that just really their profits up by 2.5% to 5.6 million. But free cash flow, which is something we look closely at. You know, what's the actual cash generation versus profits? That was up quite strongly by 16% to 3.8 million. So um, not a bad set of results, actually, for Cortex. And then a final one for me, David, and this is a smaller company. This is Beaks Financial Cloud. Uh, not what I've come across before, uh, but they basically sort of, uh, provide cloud computing, connectivity and analytics for the financial services uh, industry. Uh, they're based in the UK. They have a network of 27 data centers. I guess I think they're using all those. They're actually get, they're accessing those data centers rather than owning them. Um, but it gives them scale in the market, you know, in terms of providing services. And they said that their first half revenue was up by 35%, 10.4 million. And the recurring revenue, committed recurring revenue, is up by a similar amount, uh, 35%, but that's to 21 million. Looking ahead, gross profits up very strongly, uh, 47% to 4 million. Uh, just looking at their cash flows again, the cash flows up 46% to 3.7 million. So, again, that's uh, not one I've come across before, but maybe one that our listeners might want to look a little bit further at. Do, do, do some more on her work and see what they think. Um, so, David, that is it from me. So sorry for our listeners this week that we don't have too many results uh, to talk about for the UK. But, David, thank you very much for your inputs on the, the US and the wider markets. So thank you, David. Pleasure. And if anyone has any ideas that they'd like us to discuss next week feel free uh, to send them into us or any other subjects you want us uh, to discuss and and so with that uh, i'd like to thank you all for listening in and david thank you again for your kind assistance this week thank you very much